we came and said scanning and identifying static vulnerabilities is just the beginning. What people really care about is whether those thousands of vulnerabilities that we find, whether they're actually exploitable. And if it's exploitable, prove me. So people want to see that we can actually exploit a vulnerability to then get to a crown jewel. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. Today, we're going to be talking to the CEO of one of the most hyper-growing startups in cybersecurity called Pentera in pen testing. But we're going to be discussing his journey from being an executive salesman to the CEO of a cybersecurity startup. Meet Amitai Ratzon, the CEO of Pentera. Amitai is an experienced CEO specializing in growing early-stage tech ventures from no revenue or early revenue to tens of millions in ARR across regions and verticals. As Pantera CEO, he's led exponential growth since January of 2018 to becoming the de facto market leader in automated security validation through three funding rounds from AWZ Ventures, the Blackstone Group, and Insight Partners, the most prominent cybersecurity investor of our time. Amitai Ratzon, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders, the CEO of Pantera. How are you? Thank you, Michal. It's a pleasure being here. Indeed, CEO of CEO of Pantera, we've just changed the name from Sysis, so some people would probably know us still as Sysis, but we like the new name better, although we have lots of sentiment to the old one. Pantera, obviously, we're going to talk about how it's relevant to exactly what you're doing, and I love it. Um, Amitai, not the traditional path of a CEO of a cybersecurity company, captain of the infantry unit, IDC, Tel Aviv University, MBA, uh, executive MBA at Kellogg. Then going on a sales route and climbing the ladder there to, to leading sales at some great companies and then uh, being an entrepreneur and creating a cybersecurity company, how does that happen? Yes, so this is a great question. And indeed, it's not like the typical route. I'm not like one of those guys, like 24, 25-year-old, out of 8,200, right? I was in different eight-something unit, but not in a different part of the IDF. So yeah, not, not a typical route. Um, actually, if I try to kind of to understand how it all happened, uh, to me, the whole journey kind of starts in New York City. I was um, uh, just after my army service, um, you know, an officer traveling, touring the world like all of us here in Israel, trying to have fun right after the army. Um, f- found myself in New York City, talking to a friend, that kind of convinced me to take a sales job at a company called the Jewish Yellow Pages, believe it or not. That was um, in, in Queens Boulevard, New York. I'm like the year is 1999. And what do I know about sales and about New York, right? I'm just like a tourist that just got like a, some, some temporary visa to do that. So um, I find myself with no preparation, running in the streets of New York, trying to convince physicians, you know, chiropractors, pediatricians, dentists, to buy yellow yellow pages advertisements in a in a well-known directory called the Jewish Yellow Pages, right? Um, that was pre-internet, 1999. So to survive in New York and to be able to go to the New York Knicks games and to do like a coast-to-coast trip and to go to the best parties in town and and to to have fun, I had to survive and I had to make some good money and find and do something that I'm happy with. So I kind of um, 
learned how to survive uh, in, in that job as a sales guy. So I was, you know, topping sales in this company, selling two, three yellow pages advertisements a day. Uh, for I did it for half a year. And then I said, okay, it's enough. Now I can go to Israel and, and study law and business as I planned. Then I was promoted to be a head of an office. So I was 23 year old. I was running an office with like 20 something employees. I had two cars living the life. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I realized that, that, um, that sales should be part of what I do when I grow up. Uh, that, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how my career started very non-traditional. I came back to Israel, went to IDC, uh, studied law and business as I always planned. I was admitted to one of the best firms in the country, Gornitsky and company. I was sure I'm going to be a lawyer in one of, in, in like a great office or at least start my career as a lawyer. But as I was about to do my internship, something didn't feel right for me. I mean, to be a lawyer, I kind of re remember those great days in New York where I really enjoyed selling and managing sales guys and, and all of this like vibe that didn't really kind of um, connect to the, to the life as being an intern or a lawyer. So um, I was lucky enough to be identified by super derivatives. That was in 2003, four, five, it was like uh, the iron source or the JFrog or the Monday.com of the time. It was one of the best companies in Israel in high tech. So I took a job and I started there as a, uh, as a, uh, as a sales guy for the Nordic region after I finished my uh, learned business degree. So they kind of, they gave me, they told me, hey, Amitai, you're not spoiled. You've been in the army in, a, in an elite infantry unit. So why won't you go and sell in Iceland, Norway and, and like in Sweden? And I said, okay, I can sell. I've done it in New York. But then the CEO there told me, David Gershon, he said, Amitai, you know, us fintech, you know, veterans, we know that people like you who are just starting, you would have really like hard time at the beginning because you're not from the industry. You just graduated from IDC. You're very young. It would take you some time to pick up and understand really the lay of the land in sales, right? In enterprise sales. It took me a year and a half to kind of uh, be the company's top performer, which I kept for a few years. Um, all of that selling from, you know, in the Nordic region from Tel Aviv. So flying to Reykjavik, uh, like Norway, Sweden, etc., for five, six, seven years. That's how I started my career. Um, and, and that was like in enterprise sales, hardcore, um, without any expertise in derivatives, pricing system and analytics. I learned everything on the fly. But that's, that's not a traditional path to start with for people who today run cybersecurity companies, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to see a pattern here. Well, I, I guess it's all thanks to those uh, Jewish yellow pages in the end. Give me a few tips uh, in sales. It, it's not every day that I get to talk to somebody who, who got to sell Jewish yellow pages and then got to sell from Tel Aviv to the Nordic uh, places and, uh, and become a top performer within a year and a half after not knowing anything. Tell me a little bit about what, what you learned. Yeah, so, so to me, the profession of sales was always the profession of understanding the human's brain. To me, it was always like a mind challenge, a game challenge. Uh, it was really never about the money, although, as they say, if you're good at what you do, you make money in this business. It was always the drive to, um, you know, when I kind of came across a prospect, I always told myself, well, this guy doesn't know, but in 20, 30 days, this guy is going to spend $100,000 with me. He just doesn't know it. I do. And it's going to take me 30 days and certain things to do so that $100,000 flow from his pocket to the company's pocket. So it was always about the brain challenge. What do you do in time zero so that in time, you know, whatever, 
30 days, 60, 90 days, um, you get your stuff, you know, uh, uh, as you want it to, and you're able to convince and, and convey the value proposition, all of that happening like in the middle, but it's really a brain, a brain game of how you uh, kind of convince someone who's a complete stranger to follow uh, your paradigm and, 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 and what you want to achieve in the timeline that's good for you. Now, whether it's cybersecurity, fintech, advertisement of yellow pages, that's just, these are nuances, these are details. At the end of the day, it starts and ends with, with, uh, with this kind of mind game. What, what leads you to think of penetration testing and simulating cyber attacks as, uh, you know, as an important part of the cyber ecosystem today, let alone obviously you know, deciding to start a company? Yeah, so, so I'll just kind of take a step back before that, if you don't mind. So after Please. Super Derivatives, I, I was VP of sales for, you know, two Israeli startups. Uh, the one where I spend most of the time is Earnings, which is today Unicorn, where Insight Partners have lately just invested. You know, they're a great company. I was very lucky to be their VP of sales for four years. So after I've done four VP of sales roles, the second one at a young startup called Callview, I got a call from uh, the two founders of Pentera, Dan Sizes. I didn't found this business. It's, it's, the, it's Arik Libels and Arik Feingold that were the founders. And they kind of found me on the Kellogg Rekanati network. So I did my executive MBA there at Kellogg. And they called the program head and they asked her, do you know a CEO? Because we need someone with enterprise sales expertise. And I was just giving a lecture at Kellogg about the international sales management. And Orit, back then the director of the program, told them, yeah, call Amitai. So I spoke to the founders and I said, wow, you know, this is, this is awesome. A technology that with a click of a button launches real cyber attacks against a company's infrastructure without installing agents, without any game, just the real deal, just like that. So I Libelson, which is my, my partner in crime to this journey, the CTO and the inventor behind Pentera, you know, looked me in the eyes and said, you know, this is going to be the next big thing. And I've never seen such determination in a founder's eyes like I saw in Arik. And I said, this is the guy I want to work with because never, I've never written even one line of code in my life. But I scale businesses right. from nothing to tens of millions of dollars. That's what I do for a living. And Arik is an amazing entrepreneur and amazing technologist. So together, me and Arik, we kind of went on this journey. Now we're 130 employees. Uh, at Pentera, wow. selling tens of millions of dollars. All of that was achieved in three and a half years. We have people in 10 countries, uh, a big office of almost 35 people in, in the East Coast of the United States, with 30 people selling in nine European countries, working for us, I mean, all over, with big R&D um, and research teams that, that came from elite units of the Israeli Defense Forces, people that came from RX unit, which is called the Special Ones, it's a very special unit of, 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 um, of uh, cyber researchers that, that were basically challenged with the task of infiltrating uh, the most kind of lucrative assets of the country of Israel uh, before the bad guys do that. So Ari kind of came with this narrative. I joined him to, to make this great idea, a real business that is today uh, a market leader. Unbelievable. What's similar? in your time as a salesman in the different organizations, whether it be, you know, FinTech or whatever, or, or yeah. in cybersecurity, what's, what, what, do, what, what are you drawing from your previous experiences that's helping you channel this, you know, this energy and this understanding into the cyberspace? 
Yeah, so so I think that while cyber is something that that, that a that for a, for a sales guy or for a marketeer or for a I would I would say that product management R and D you can't teach that they need to come with that already from home, but um, um, while that is something that, that you can learn so how to pitch a cyber product or how to promote a cyber product, what you cannot teach is is passion and drive. And, and, and hunger. So I think what I take with me from my days as a sales guy, uh, it's all about determination, all about hunger, all about hearing from investors and ecosystem that a startup is a business that is that is determined to to die unless you make it and you don't. So when I kind of heard that it's again it's an against all odds situation, which is the the situation I got into at the beginning, uh, I loved it. And I think that that's a very common thing across all the places where I worked at. It was like an against all odds situation, uh, and 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 I love that. Um, I would say that um, just like super derivatives and Ernix, we have a product here that adds tons of value that you don't need to uh, hard sell. So people understand today in the ransomware age, people don't need to be you know don't need to be hard sold to understand that one needs to attack themselves like the bad guys to really understand how the bad guys think and operate. Right. So, so the fact we sell on real value and the company didn't invent the product and then look for buyers to satisfy the founder's kind of uh, um, uh, idea, which is detached from reality. In this case, it's a different situation where uh, uh, credit to the founders that thought about a solution that the market were, was already were already hungry for. So when I joined, it was quite easier because the product already answered the real need. We didn't need to invent a need and then ask people to believe that the need exists. Wow. And so give me a broad overview on penetration testing today at scale and, and how you're working with Pantera and you know, in, in so many countries and, and tens of millions of dollars in sales to, to help them feel <laughs> more secured and, and test by simulations that they really are secure. Yeah. So I'll start with the end. I mean, we're actually very proud that we're not doing any simulations. So while others in our kind of ecosystem would actually go the agents approach, deploy lots of agents in the network and then provide them with the playbook and then run some simulation, Pentera is very proud of not running any simulation. We would actually attack the enterprise like the bad guys would, with one exception that we come with no malicious intentions. But besides the malicious intent, and besides the fact we do no harm, it's exactly like the bad guys. So we are the whole company here, and the reason why we have the best investors in the world, like the Blackstone Group and Inside Partners, and, and the execution is all thanks to the fact that this is a no simulation type of business. And, and I think that what the, what's interesting here is that we're disrupting a, an old market of vulnerability assessment, vulnerability management, uh, as part of which buyers were used to just scan for static vulnerabilities in the network that are a result of legacy Windows products, like Windows 8, Windows XP, Windows 10, et cetera, et cetera. And, and just scanning and identifying vulnerabilities up until we came and, and started our play was the thing. We came and said, scanning and identifying static vulnerabilities is just the beginning. What people really care about is whether those thousands of vulnerabilities that we find, whether they're actually exploitable. And if it's exploitable, prove me. So people want to see that we can actually exploit a vulnerability to then get to a crown jewel. 
So Pentera actually exploits vulnerabilities, whether static or network misconfiguration, aka dynamic vulnerabilities. We exploit them, we get to crown jewels, and we show the buyer, hey, this is your CFO's laptop. This is the CFO's laptop. This is your financial report. This is the Swift uh, uh, user and password. This is this is crazy stuff, and we put our hands on it in five seven minutes. Now, what do you want to do, Mr. Buyer? So it's very provocative. It's very much in your face, but in a good way. People appreciate it. At the beginning, they say, ah, you wouldn't find so much because Deloitte were just here. Then as we try, as we find stuff, and as we do it very fast, they go, go Pantera, go, 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 because they're happy that our product actually identifies stuff. And then at the end, we don't need to do a hard sell. It's just very trivial. Wow. So, sound, sounds crazy. And so when, when you start talking to, to people now, it's more the sales side. When you start talking to new customers, do they understand from the get-go if you're just talking to them about what you're doing? Let's say an executive at a big company. Do they, mm-hmm. do, do they feel comfortable with this idea or do you have to? Because obviously, you know, from the cyberspace, I get it. But, but do executives that are not coming from the cyberspace, let's say institutions like banks or electricity companies, these sorts of companies that are very, very sensitive to these topics, do they understand what you're doing? Yeah, so great question. I would say up until, you know, two, three years ago, ransomware and, and the likelihood of a, of a small medium enterprise absorbing a ransomware attack was, wasn't really there. So when, when you talk to today to executives in small retailers, small supermarkets, medium-sized law firms in the UK, Switzerland, Germany, three years ago, ransomware attacks and cyber attacks were not for them. It was the business of mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs and Capital One and Equifax and those you know very big companies from America. Lately, uh, we're seeing board of directors and CEOs asking their CISOs, what are we doing for ransomware? We gave you all this money. You've spent $2, 3000000 million on firewalls, antiviruses, EDRs. What do we do for ransomware? I don't want to make head- headlines tomorrow. Do we challenge ourselves like the bad guys or almost like the bad guys? So now that Joe Biden just went, on, went publicly and said and calls enterprise of the world, do third-party pen tests, the president of the United States, I mean, that's like the best pre-sale activity that, this co- that our company could have expected. I- I've never heard, you know, Ruby uh, Rivlin or Benjamin Netanyahu telling enterprises, go and do third-party pen tests. But Joe Biden does that. He just went to the, like, uh, addressing the union and said, hey, all the ransomware attacks are like the, the modern terrorists. Go challenge yourself like the bad guys. So that, that has given mm-hmm. us a huge backwind. So now, I mean, when Joe Biden does your pre-sales, you don't need the pre-sales team, right? <laughs> Amitai, I, I, I love the energy and I, and I can see why you're so successful uh, selling Jewish uh, yellow pages. I, I love it and I love the story. And obviously I'm a big advocate of, of what you're doing and, and that every enterprise needs to, doesn't, shouldn't, not, not only should do pen testing, but has to do pen testing. Uh, it's for the greater good. And at the end, for me as an end consumer living life, it's, it's, I, I really uh, appreciate that. I want to take you back with a few last questions about yourself. Starting out from your childhood, what really fascinated you as a kid? So I think um, as a kid, I was always inspired by greatness in sports. So I grew up in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. playing basketball in the streets of Jerusalem, playing for a team called Asa Yerushalayim. So uh, I took it very seriously. I never made it to the pros. 
because I, you know, uh, probably I wasn't that amazing. I was quite good, but uh, my, my inspirations were like people, like you know, in, in Jerusalem, like football players like Eli Ochana, Uri Malmilian back in the 80s, and then taking me to my, you know, teenage years. So Michael Jordan, you know, was my yeah. my idol. And um, and there is one sentence that Michael Jordan once said that I always take with me. Michael Jordan was asked, I mean, Michael, why do you give your heart and soul every game, every season, every practice? I mean, you're Michael Jordan. The world acknowledges that you're the best of the best. Why do you give your best when you play against Atlanta Hawks on the game, game 72 in the season when no one cares? You're already the champions or you made it to the playoffs. Why do you care? So Michael Jordan said, um, because in any stadium where I play, there is a kid somewhere that have never seen me playing. And for this kid, I'm scoring 35 points. So um, I take that sentence as, as, a, as, a, as an inspiration. And I try to apply wow. it in, in the way we, we play this game here at Pentera. Whenever we go, whenever we do a POV, whenever we hire an employee, this guy, for the marginal guy, for the marginal partner, the marginal investor, the marginal customer, they haven't seen us in action yet. So, it's, so I kind of take this analogy. It's very strong. I mean, so I, kind of I think that... Uh, you, all, you also answered my next question about what inspires you today, and um, and, I, and I think I'm gonna steal this yeah. from you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow it, and I'm gonna do it in parallel to you from now on. I think it's I, I didn't know that that quote, and I and I, it's really inspirational. Uh, but what I do want to know is three words that you would use to describe yourself. A family man. A family man. To me, it's all about my, my three kids. You know, Guy, Noah, and Yotam. Uh, and my wife, Daphna, you know, they're, they're giving me the energy and the happiness and the inner energy to continue because as CEOs, it's quite lonely sometimes and you need some energy from a different source, which isn't ARR or renewal rate or investors or customers. So it's my family, which is the, the core of, you know, what, I, what, what defines me. So beyond everything, without them, this is nothing. There cannot be a Pantera without them. Amitai, thank you very, very much. Stay safe, stay healthy. Best of luck with Pantera. Thank you for helping enterprises uh, stay safe. At the end, they're, they're keeping us safe. And so thank you very, very much. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. All the best.